0: Father, as we come to the preaching of your word, we rejoice in the fact that though we are unworthy, we are forgiven. And though we should be outside, we are inside the fold. And though often we fail, we are yet forgiven. And I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word today. I would ask you again, if you would fill me with your spirit And allow me to preach under the influence and power of the Holy Spirit of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Open your Bibles again, if you will, to Psalm 103. And um, I want you to notice before I begin the message, the wording of the verses. In verse number 3, you have the word forgiveth. I've underlined that in the Bible. And then the next line, you have the word healeth. I have that word underlined. In verse 4, you have the word redeemeth. I have that underlined. In verse number 5, I have the word satisfieth underlined. And then in verse number 6, I have the word executeth. I believe every word is important. And he said, Not one jot or tittle will pass away till all of his word is fulfilled. And I'm glad that these words are not only here, but they're given in the tense that they are given. It doesn't say he forgave, it says he forgiveth. He continues to do all these things. Not a one time, but a continual. I'm going to preach for a few minutes on this subject things we cannot forget. There are occasional events that are so life-changing and mind-sobering in our nation or in our world that we vow never to forget them. For example, 9-11, though that was 20 years ago, for many of us, we know exactly what 9-11 was. When I say that, you have a mental picture in your mind, no doubt, as you see a plane crashing into a building and that a building, going up in flames, that was a day marked by the words, never forget. Now we made that statement for several reasons. We did not want to forget because we did never want to be caught off guard again and attacked by our enemies in that way, so we said we'll never forget. We did not want to forget those Americans that lost their lives, and so we said we'll never forget. We did not want to tolerate or repeat the type of actions and behaviors that brought on such an attack by our enemies. And yet since then, just 20 years later, we have not only mostly forgotten the day and the lives that were lost, we have continued as a nation to move away from patriotism, capitalism, capitalism, the things that have made America what it was. Now the psalmist here gives us a reminder of things that we should never forget, things that we need to be constantly reminded of. We are by nature a forgetful people. Uh, We, and I'm not talking about a senior moment, I'm not talking about that forgetting, I'm talking about we oftentimes get tired of truth or tired of principle or tired of behaviors that keep us safe and secure in the Lord. We forget what the Lord has done for us. We often forget where he saved us from we often forget where he saved us from going. And we become lax in our faith and sometimes even filled with pride as to who we are rather than what he has done. David deals with this this issue in this chapter and in these first two verses he calls on his own soul his own heart, his own mind to remember what the Lord has done for him. And he wants to stir up our heart. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I don't want you to just sit there and listen. I want you to participate in your mind and in your heart and remember what the psalmist is putting in our mind. He wants to stir us up. You you see, you can hear me and not be moved, but you can receive what I'm saying, and you can be stirred in your heart and stirred in your emotion to the place of excitement about the Lord again about what God has promised to do for us. David calls on us initially here to do two things. First of all, he calls upon us uh, to praise the Lord. And that's what he means here when he says bless uh, the Lord. Uh, bless means to kneel with the idea of adoration and praise. David knows that God is worthy of praise and he calls on us. And I'm asking you this morning, if you will, in your heart and mind, to praise God again for what he's done, where he saved us from, where he keeps us from going. I told you about Ben Stidham that passed away on Friday. The Lord blessed him with a good mind all the way to the point of his death just a few hours before he was unconscious uh, uh, the uh, day on Friday. Up to that time he knew everyone and he remembered a lot of things in his life. One by one, people came to see him and they uh, opened the window of the living room where he was there. And and, uh, for a while, he even sat in a chair and people would come by and just say, Ben, I love you. Uh, Ben, thank you for being my friend. And he he would remember each one of them. A man came by to see him and he said, Ben, I don't know if you remember me, but a few years ago, my brother and I were in a terrible uh, uh, automobile accident. And you were the first to the scene. My brother died in that accident. And I would have died, but you saved me. You got me out of the car. You got me in the ambulance. And you saved my life. And I just come to say, thank you. Ben did remember him, and he remembered the occasion. And that's what the psalmist is saying. Do you remember when he saved you from hell? Do you remember when he saved you from your sin? He said, now I want you to do something for me. I want you to bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and thank him for the day that he forgave you of your sin. Second of all, he calls on the soul to ponder, to think deeply, and he challenges his soul not to forget what God has done. And he uses these personal pronouns in verses 3, 4, and 5. Thee and thy and thine all refer to his soul, saying, don't forget, in fact, I don't want you to just have a brief recollection. I want you to ponder what the Lord has done. You see, forgetting is far more than just failing to remember. The word carries the idea of forgetting God to the place. Don't miss it. Forgetting God to the place that we replace him with something else. There was a day when God saved you from your sin. You were so excited you said, I'll never forget this day. I'll never forget what God has done. He said, I want you to ponder so that you do not forget. And David wants his soul to, comp- uh, to contemplate all of the benefits that God has given him since salvation. It is interesting that the root word for benefits. Do you know is a root word for the root uh, word, and you, you wouldn't associate these, but the word Camel. The, the animal camel, I've often joked that a camel is a horse assembled by a Baptist committee. But anyway, uh, uh, a camel. Uh, made specifically for a task, uh, uh, they've been called the ship of the desert, the camel. Now the root word for benefit and the root word for camel uh, is the same. And the folks uh, that live in the Middle East, the camel's importance can't be overstated. Now understand, he's talking about the Lord's benefits. The Lord's benefits. And so these camels, they carry heavy burdens over long uh, distance and through difficult terrain. They can survive long periods of time with very little uh, food or very little water. And they're essential to the travelers needing to cross the burning sands of the desert and arrive safely at their desired destination. And in the Bible, wealth is often measured by how many camels a person owned. So like camels, David talks about the benefits or the camels of God that have carried the child of God across the vast barren deserts of this life. For you see, not only as he saved me, not only did he forgive me of my sin and make me a child of God, his grace has carried me through many difficulties. That's what the song Amazing Grace says. It goes from the fact of his amazing grace that saved us. And then he said, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. His grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. And the purpose of the message today is to say, let's stop for a moment of thinking of all of the details and responsibilities and burdens of life and go back to the day and remember what he saved me from and what he, where he kept me from going, and the benefits, those camels that he has carried me with through. He said, now listen, if you forget God, you'll turn to something else for satisfaction. Sometimes a soul forgets how good God has been and continues to be to his children. Let me give you this illustration. Have you ever purchased something and then... You got home and realized you already had what you just purchased. Now I'm not talking about potato chips and ice cream. We always have to—we don't want to run out of that. But there's some things you don't need two of. And 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 you know, one way to find what you have but you can't find it is to buy another one. So I use this illustration to say, <coughs> have you ever purchased something and then remembered, or then when you got home you found? You already had it, but you forgot it. Um, and, 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 and you think, ah, oh, I didn't need to buy that. I already had it. Now, if you're not careful, you go looking for something to satisfy your soul when you already have everything it takes to satisfy your soul, and that is faith in Christ and a daily and a personal relationship with him. I want you to write down five words, if you have a pencil, if you take notes in sermons. And you don't have to, but I want you to write down five words as I go through the sermon. First of all, I want you to write down the word sinner. And I want to remind us today what God has done for us. And I want to say, first of all, as a sinner, he forgave me. As a sinner... He forgave me. Look at verse number 3. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Now it's a wonderful thing when Christ saved us. He did three things for us. First of all, he forgave us of all our sin. Second of all... He will never record another sin to our record after salvation. And third of all, he gives us his righteousness and salvation includes all three of those. And as a sinner, he saved me. I don't want to ever forget, and that's why the psalmist wrote this song to remind us that I don't want to forget the benefits of of the Lord. And he said, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, my soul. Bless the Lord, I was a sinner but he forgave me. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to Hebrews chapter 9 this morning. Hebrews chapter 9. Then we're going to go to the book of Isaiah. Hebrews chapter 9. If I go over in preaching today, it's because I was waiting for you to get to this verse. Hebrews 9.26. Hebrews 9.26. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world... But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The word once. He has paid our sin in his one payment on the cross of Calvary. My sins are forgiven past, present, future. I'm a child of the king. Go if you will to Isaiah. Isaiah. We'll look at a couple of verses in Isaiah. I want you to see that as a sinner, we are forgiven. Now, don't get over it. Don't let yourself get over it. I'm saying stay excited about the fact. Don't ever forget. If you do, you'll start looking for satisfaction in another place. I'm already satisfied. My sins are forgiven. Isaiah chapter 38 and verse number 17. The Bible says this, Behold, for peace I had great bitterness but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption for thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Not only did he forgive my sin, he forgot my sin and when the devil reminds me and I carry my guilt to God for the sin already forgiven, he's forgotten the sin that Satan reminds me of. I don't want to live in that guilt because my sin is forgiven and he has taken away my sin he put it behind his back go to isaiah 43 isaiah 43 go to verse number 25 isaiah 43 verse number 25 i even i am he that blotteth out thy transgressions i love this for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins now, if you're not careful, you'll go shopping for something to satisfy you. When you've already got satisfaction in Christ, your sins are forgiven. So I have the word written down, sinner. But beside that, I have the word written down, forgiven. Number two, sick. Sick. Verse number three, who, give, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Now, this is not referring to a physical sickness or a physical healing. Our bodies, we're going to die. Now, God does heal. Sometimes He does not heal. He heals according to His will. But this verse, He's talking about a sick man healed in that my soul is sick in sin, but He has healed me from the disease of sin. Our souls are subject to many weaknesses, lust and pride and hate and greed and jealousy and discouragement, depression, anger, fear, guilt and doubt. But thank God He has a remedy for the disease of the soul and that is faith in Him. Go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. And go to verse number 17. Psalm 107 and verse number 17. Psalm 107, verse number 17. This is a great passage. We're talking about a sick person who has been healed, sick in sin. Now the Bible says in verse 17, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. You go to the hospital and find out how many folks in the emergency room Friday night and Saturday night didn't have to be there. Their own choice of iniquity, their own choice of sin puts a lot of folks there. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, I have seen people I remember Brother Gordon Warren, that's a member of our church, helps in our security as a police officer. I remember when he came and he walked the aisle uh, putting his faith and trust in Christ. He was as these verses described. uh, The devil had taken him to the gates of hell. He was to the place. He didn't want anything to eat. He was miserable in his sin and God saved him and delivered him. You know what he did? He sent his word and healed them he received Christ as Savior and I remember when we helped him into the baptistry how weak and frail that he was he took me to see a friend of his uh, officer calls, uh, in uh, his dying days I preached his funeral just a few weeks ago and he told me how that he shared uh, with his friend the gospel and I thought what a wonderful day as he shared the gospel with his friend who received Christ as Savior this man was at one time at death's door at the doors of hell but God saved him with his word not only did he save him he told another friend and he got saved and heaven rejoiced when he entered in that place and that's what the psalmist is saying and I read verse 21 all that men would praise the Lord for his goodness for his wonderful works to the children of men you and I were the ones that were lost in our sin we was in the house burning with fire we were in the car at the point of death, but he rescued us. Don't forget who set you free. I was a sinner, and he forgave me. I was sick. Thank God he healed me. That's why he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I want you to write down the word slave. The word slave, Psalm 103. Verse number 4, He redeemeth thy life from destruction. Every soul that enters the world is a slave to sin. We're born sinners. I read to you this morning from Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 22. The Bible says in Galatians 3, 22, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. I was a slave sold under sin. But the word redeemeth, that means it's a present tense verb. That meant not only did he pay my pardon price to set me free, but I wasn't just once redeemed. I am forever redeemed. I am forever set free. The redemption enjoyed by the child of God will never fail. I read to you this morning from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5 where the Bible says who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time I was on the auction block as a slave sold unto sin mistreated in a way that no one should be but that's where we were in our sin but Jesus came and he paid the price to set us free you see I once was a slave but I've been redeemed I'm free in Christ I was a sinner but I'm forgiven I was sick but now I'm healed I was a slave but I've been redeemed number four I want you to write down beside number four son s-o-n a son who redeemeth thy life from destruction here it is Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now I love this right here. Like a king passing down power and glory of his kingdom to a beloved son. It happened in Judah as the king would pass to his son the authority and the power of the throne like a king passing down power and glory of his kingdom to a beloved son, the people of God are crowned with the blessings of the Lord's great kingdom. Now don't forget this or you'll start looking for blessings in some other place. By the way, the blessings of the Lord are empty. The blessing I'm sorry, the blessings of the world are empty. The blessings of the Lord are full. The blessings of the world are vanity. Oh, I've met those that have all of the wealth of the world. I've met those that have the fancy houses and all of that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, but dear friend, that's not where you find peace and contentment and joy and happiness. You find that in Christ because he's the one that's crowned us with glory. We're told that he crowns his children with loving kindness and tender mercies. Loving kindness of the Old Testament corresponds to the New Testament word grace. In the Old Testament, he gives loving kindness. In the New Testament, he gives grace. They operate, they work the same way. Thank God there is grace for the journey. According to Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9, His grace is sufficient, and in my weakness His strength is made perfect. You know what I noticed in this passage? I noticed he doesn't just give mercy, he gives tender mercy. I noticed he doesn't just give kindness, that's wonderful, but he gives loving kindness. Have you ever looked to see how God always operates in the superlative? We do that in exaggeration. I bet that cost a million dollars. Now what we mean is an exaggeration, that's a big price. God's superlatives are never an exaggeration, they are... An exact value of what God gives. I don't have time to go all the way through the Bible. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Genesis 1.20. He said, uh, 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 when when he separated the water from the dry land, he said, let the waters bring forth. But then he said this. Here's how he said it. Let the water bring forth abundantly. He operates in the superlative. In victory, the Bible says in Exodus 15.1, it doesn't just say he triumphed. It says he hath triumphed gloriously. In Hebrews 7:25 it talks about salvation. It doesn't just say he's able to save, it says he's able to save To the uttermost. Aren't you glad when God does a work. He does it not just in the need. But he does it in the excess. And God has been so good to us. He's crowned me as a son. He's given me his tender mercies. He's given to me his loving kindness. Why would I search for anything else? But if I'm not careful. This old flesh of mine. It grows cold and indifferent toward anything. If it has it all the time. Well, there's one thing I don't want to ever become satisfied or uh, take for granted, and that's the goodness of God. That's why I said, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's in within me. Don't just say it from the depths of your heart. Sing it and say it and rejoice. I was a sinner, but I've been forgiven. I was sick, but I've been healed. I was a slave, but he set me free as a son He crowns me. Now, let me give you number five. Write down the word saint. Saint. Verse number five. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. He gives his saints the good things of life. Now, if you think the good things of life can be built or bought, you've missed the good things of life. You see, I've stood by the bedside of many. Like I stood beside Ben's bedside. Ben did not say one time, would you count my money and see how much money I have in my billfold? You know what he enjoyed? Holding the hand of a mom, of a dad. Of saying to his friends, as he called my, for my brother Chris, he said, bring your brother with you. I want to talk to both of you. And when he said, thank you, you know what he told me? He said, when you moved to Lexington, I'll just be honest with you, I didn't like it. I was mad at you. He said, when my papa moved to Lexington, I got more mad at you. In fact, he said, I didn't even like you. He said, one day I came to visit my papa that was sick in the hospital. He said, when I walked in the room, he said, You were on your knees beside my papa's bed praying for him. He st- said, I stood there and I watched you and I listened to you as you prayed and I heard you cry. Then he said, God called your brother Chris to preach. And he said, I thank you for doing. God's will, even when folks were against you doing, God's will. You see, what matters in life is peace. It means a lot for a fellow to say, he said to my brother Chris, he said, don't cry. My brother said, I'm sorry, I can't help it. Ben, I love you. He said, but just think of where I'm going. Look at these old hands. They're rotting away. But he said, I'm going to get a new body. I'm going to heaven. Peace. You can't buy it. You can't muster it up. It's not the power of positive thinking. It's a power of a wonderful God. Those who do not abide in him have a difficult time in serving him. He said in John 15 in verse number 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me. Aren't you glad this morning that though we were a sinner, we're forgiven. Though we were sick, he brought healing. Though we were a slave, he redeemed us. As a son, he crowns us. As a saint, he satisfies us. The next time you go to the store and you buy another phone charger, And on the way home, you find yours under the seat. I've done it again. you be reminded, Lord, don't ever let me go looking for something that you've already given me. I'm satisfied in Christ. Stand with me, if you will. As the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Just a moment we'll have Brother Young sing the invitation song. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I would invite you to place your faith and trust in Him. Those that are going to be baptized, you can go ahead and make your way to the front and be ready for baptism here shortly. If there's a decision that you should make. I want you to make it this morning. Heavenly Father, help us not to forget to the place that we go looking. In another place for what we already have in you. May we bless the Lord with all of our heart and soul. May we take inventory of the blessings you've already given. Bless our invitation, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. As he sings this morning,